Hi, with Ainsley Bullion, and this is the weekly wrap on this day, the 31st of March 2017. In Australian dollars, gold sitting at 16.27 and silver at $23.73, with the Aussie dollar at 76.4. So this week saw gold slightly down due to, but silver up despite of, a stronger Aussie dollar. Indeed, silver way outperformed gold this week, driving the gold silver ratio down to 69.6. The week started Friday night our time with the US healthcare bill being pulled before certain defeat and seeing a sell-off across markets. The Dow seeing its worst week since September and the S&P 500's worst since November. The volatility index or VIX surged up 14, uh, its highest since 2017 and its sixth day of increases. Conversely, the US dollar index fell last week, again for the second week in a row, and delivering its biggest two-week drop in 12 months, and the longest losing streak since April 2011. The US dollar had lost 80% of its post-Trump gains. Of course, gold was up for the second week in a row, it's the its best two weeks since Brexit and the best performing asset for 2017. Why all the fuss? Well, not only did it deliver the market a timely reminder that Trump has the small issue of Congress, Republican majority or not, to get his promises through, but the defeat of the healthcare bill also leaves him with a $500 billion less in tax cuts to work with. We also soon saw afterwards reports that House Speaker Paul Ryan and Trump are also at fundamental odds on the tax cuts, indicating there is trouble ahead there as well. To add to market concerns, this week we saw more ordinary, ordinary economic data prints. Firstly, the market services PMI di disappointed at 52.9 when 54.2 was expected and down on last month's 53.8. Likewise, the manufacturing PMI fell to 53.4 against expectations of 54.8 and last month's 54.2. On the headline, core durable goods orders looked good at 1.7%, up against expectations of 1.2% and having risen year on year for three straight months after that awful 21 month straight decline. But ex-transport, it was only 0.4% against expectations of 0.6% and February saw growth slow dramatically, dropping to 2.5% from 4 Capital goods new orders dropped 0.1% month on month, the first drop since September. Again, after a six-month streak of improvements, we saw the Dallas Fed manufacturing outlook slump 30% to 16.9 in March, its biggest drop since January 2016. New orders, inventories and number of employees all fell. We saw the last of the Q4 earnings reports and to say they are in contrast to the share market is an understatement. Since, since 2013, reported earnings across the S&P 500 have fallen from $100.20 per share to $94.54 at the end of 2016. And yet, the market has risen 20%. No wonder valuations are sky high and hope the only fundamental to this share market. Speaking of which, the conference board consumer confidence print exceeded all expectations in March, jumping to 125.6 versus just 114 expected, and its highest since December 2000. Amid stagnant wage growth and falling corporate earnings, it seems that does not matter for confidence. And so, after the Dow had eight consecutive days of declines, the longest since 2011, and just as it was about to post its longest losing streak since 1978, outrolls the Fed's Stanley Fisher, with some dovish comments around expecting only two more hikes and noting productivity growth looked very low by historic standards. And so, when combined with the consumer confidence print, up went shares again. Bad news is good news is back in town. Indeed, we subsequently had a host of opinions from various members of the Fed which saw shares seesaw on their every word. 
Williams said he saw three to four hikes this year, Rosengren about four, and Evans said that whilst there should be four hikes, if, and I quote, things proceed even better, he only backs one to two more rate rises for the year. The combined effect was the Dow backed down and gold stronger before reversing again last night. Housing data again threw out mixed messages with, with new home sales jumping and existing home sales slumping. We then had pending home sales jump strongly, up 5.5% when just 25 was expected. But on a year-on-year basis and without the rubbery seasonal adjustments, pending home sales actually fell 2.4%, the biggest annual drop since November 2014. We then saw MBA mortgage applications drop again by 0.8%, but purchases were up 1.2%. To Europe, and Article 50 was triggered on Wednesday. The UK and EU now have two years to work through the divorce. The EU has made it clear it wants to see a monetary settlement up front, with the UK paying out its share, and then worry about trade deals afterwards, whilst the UK is trying to wrap the two together. Let the games begin. Scotland clearly won't know part of this as Scottish Parliament voted to proceed with the second independence referendum with the clear intentions of once divorcing itself from the UK to reinstate the marriage with the EU. That news saw the pound plunge as all the yummy oil money from Scotland looks set to be lost. Still in Europe and we saw the euro fall along with euro bond yields as Reuters reported sources saying the ECB is wary of tightening their monetary stimulus policy because it is worried about bond yield spikes. You will recall we reported that the market was reading their language to start raising rates and tightening their massive QE program later this year. In an effort to counter this perception and disrupt markets, one ECB source said the bank had been overinterpreted by the markets at its March meeting. He said they are keen to reassure investors that their easy money policy is far from ending. That divergence between Fed and ECB policy has been a key driver for the rebound in the US dollar and pressure down on gold since Wednesday. We'll catch you next week and remember, balance your wealth in an unbalanced world.